0: Hello and welcome to this episode of Nucleus Wealth in Power. I'm Shelley George, Chief Operating Officer at Nucleus Wealth. And I'm coming to you today from the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. So today we've got Nucleus Wealth Senior Financial Advisor Sam Kerr back with us again. What a pleasure. Um, so he's going to talk to us about some of the changes that have been made to superannuation starting on July the 1st, 2022, and what they might mean for you. So Sam, welcome back to the show.
1: Thanks, Shelley. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Great to have you. Thank you. Uh, so before I forget, just a few reminders. So firstly, please keep in mind that anything we discuss today uh, on this show uh, and any advice is going to be general in nature. and So it's not necessarily going to relate to your personal circumstances. But if you would like to discuss anything, you can get in touch with, with us on one 623 863 or contact at nuclear well, Also, did you know Nucleus Wealth offers personalised investment portfolios as well as limited investment advice? So you can find out more at nucleuswealth.com or you can give us a call on that aforementioned number. Uh, And lastly, uh, if you haven't already and uh, you like what you are hearing and seeing, please subscribe to our show either on YouTube or whichever podcast platform you uh, typically use. And you can use the notification bell to be notified uh, when we're going live or when there's a new episode to watch. Uh, Doing all this will help our show grow and help us to continue to bring this great content that we hope you enjoy. All right, so let's get into it. So uh, Sam, first one, some good news for most people, or at least most people who are working, we've got an increase in the uh, SG guarantee, or contribution, sorry. Can you tell us what this means?
1: Yeah, sure thing. So 1st July 2022, the SG rate went from 10% to 10.5%. Uh, so, like you said, good for most people. Uh, most people got a pay rise, uh, but there, yeah, you do have to check the terms of your contract um, because if your contract is a total package, uh, what may have happened? Let's say your total package is a uh, hundred and ten thousand. You know, you get a hundred thousand in uh, our salary and then ten thousand previously in super. Uh, You know, with this, if your total package stays at 110, uh, what may happen is your SG may go up, but your salary may go down slightly to keep it at that uh, 110. So something to be aware of, uh, something to look out for. Uh, you know it might it may be worth uh, trying to renegotiate that uh, increase with your employer uh, just throwing that out there i'll leave that one with you uh, so yeah i mean this is good for most employees because most employees are going to get that 0.5 uh, percent increase not so good for businesses uh, because it's legislated that the SG rate is gonna go up by 0.5% a year, every year on the 1st of July up to the 1st of July 2025, uh, when that SG rate's gonna be set at 12%. uh, So that'll be set at 12% going forward from that date. Uh, And uh, so that's that's sort of in a nutshell, but there's one other thing I just wanna touch on. Uh, If you've got an existing salary sacrifice agreement in place with your employer, uh, it'd be worth reviewing that, especially if you're salary sacrificing right up to the uh, concessional contribution cap, which is currently $27,500, uh, because if the employer's put in slightly more and you're still uh, set at the previous rate, that may push you over your uh, the 27500 cap if you don't have any available catch-up contributions. Uh, so yeah, one, one thing worth uh, looking at there as well.
0: All right great thank you sam so and then the next one i believe we have um a, an abolishment of the 450 dollars monthly uh threshold so what does that mean
1: yeah so previously previous the first of july uh if you earned less than 450 dollars in a month uh your employer was not <clears throat> not legally bound to provide sg contributions uh so that's been abolished uh, which is great because that's more often uh, the workers uh, that are doing you know, less than $450 per month. They're often the workers that need it the most, uh, often part time workers, you know, people with a second job, maybe some elderly workers that are just doing a little bit of work here and there. Uh, so I think it's an excellent change. It's making a fairer system for all uh, so that anybody that is employed in this country uh, will receive STD contributions for for any work done.
0: Yeah, this is a really exciting one. And I remember when we were talking about it earlier on before we started the show that um, you were telling me that sometimes people might have a number of casual jobs that mean that they could have uh, less than $450 earnings coming from a number of different sources each month. It adds up to a total of more, and now it means they're going to get super. Um, and I just thought, you know, actually, a really other important point to highlight there is, now that you're getting super, make sure it's all going in the one super account so you're not getting slugged with multiple sets of admin fees. So um, if this one matters for you, just do a little bit of admin to keep that in mind.
1: Yeah, good point, shall we?
0: All right, moving on to the next one. So we have um, the minimum drawdowns for pension accounts. They're going to keep this 50% discounted again. Is that right?
1: Yeah, that's right. So uh, uh, this reduction, 50% reduction in the minimum drawdown from pension, uh, that came in at the start of COVID. Uh, so that's going to stay in place. Uh, one really good thing about this is, uh, you know, the potential to mitigate sequencing risk. And uh, uh, what that is is the sequence of investment returns really matters uh, in determining how long your funds are going to last for. Uh, and this is particularly important close to retirement or in early retirement. Uh, because if you get uh, negative market moves, uh, let's say at the start of retirement, uh, that can really and you're forced to draw down on that, uh, which you are in pension phase uh, of your superannuation. That can really accelerate the depletion of your account. Uh, and as as many of our viewers are likely aware, um, you know global markets are down at the moment. So uh, uh, this this fifty percent reduction. Uh, could come in really handy uh, for lots of clients. If they don't particularly need the money, um, they can just uh, put off making those withdrawals till a later date. Uh, and we've also got that table uh, that table there, Shelley, that just shows those uh, minimum withdrawals for, for our clients there as well.
0: Great, right. thanks, Sam. Sorry, I should have asked this at the start of the point, but what is the minimum drawdown?
1: So if, uh, let's say well, you can see there below age 65, uh, it's 4%. And that's currently half to 2%. And then it, uh, then it goes up each year. Oh, sorry. Each age bracket. You can see the brackets there, 65 to 74, minimum 5%. And then, uh, uh, the maximum drawdown is when you're over age 95, uh, they, uh, you have to draw down 14% per year. And, uh, uh I believe the reason this is, uh, you know, in pension phase, it's a completely tax free environment. So there's no tax to pay on any earnings, capital gains or withdrawals. So uh, in my view, the government wants you to get your money out of this tax free environment, get it circulating around the economy again, so they can uh, generate revenue on tax revenue on that. Um, so yeah, that's, okay. that's my sort of understanding of, of how, how that works
0: right okay so um what this table is saying is that if you have a a pension account uh then for whatever age you are on the table then um you have to take out at least that percentage of the balance each year is that is that right my understanding
1: that's right that's absolutely correct
0: okay fantastic thanks sam all right so uh the work has been abolished what does this mean
1: Okay, so it's been abolished for people aged between 67 to 74. And uh, the work test previously, what, what that is, is uh, you have to work at least 40 hours uh, within a 30 day period in the year that a contribution was received into super. Uh, so yeah, that was for people that have uh, maybe retired and that they're still doing a little bit of part-time work, then they're still able to make contributions into super. Uh, so so that... Just to
0: interrupt you there, I just wanted to clarify. Yeah. When you say contribution into super, um, you can only contribute into your accumulation super account. There is no um, function to contribute to pension phase, or have I got that wrong?
1: Yeah, that's correct, yeah. So you can only, only make contributions into your accumulation account. Uh, okay. but you can have a pension account and an accumulation account simultaneously. So you can be in pension phase, uh, making those minimum withdrawals in retirement when you're retired, but you can also still uh, have an accumulation account and receive mm-hmm. contributions into that. And uh, you can transfer those funds uh, across to your pension account uh, through a pension refresh. Uh, so you can you can get those uh, funds into that uh, tax-free environment yeah all right thanks for clarifying that yep uh so uh, yeah this work test has been abolished which which is a great thing so uh people now have less barriers to getting money into super uh when they're when they're retired uh so uh, this applies for after tax contributions so non-concessional contributions uh but does not apply for pre-tax concessional contributions. Uh so those those are SG uh contributions, uh salary sacrifice and personal deductible contributions. Uh, but if if you're still working, you will likely be able to make those anyway. So uh, this is just for for after after tax contributions. So you know if you receive an inheritance um you know a windfall maybe you sell uh, Sell a property, something like that. You can then get that money into super, into the low tax environment of, uh, of accumulation phase, and then transfer it into that zero tax environment of uh, pension phase. So it's it's uh, more likely to be a better place to have your money invested rather than in your personal name, because you have to pay tax your uh, marginal tax rate whereas, you know, you're either paying tax a uh, maximum of 15% in accumulation phase or 0% in pension phase.
0: Yeah, all right. This one's really interesting, and it sounds like it uh, could apply to quite a few people. So uh, definitely one uh, that uh, it could be uh, applicable to you to look into, it sounds like, Sam.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, another great thing about this new rule is it opens the door to what's called a re-contribution strategy. Uh, so this has been around for a long time. This is nothing new, but this really opens the window to be able to take advantage of this uh, in a more meaningful way. And uh, what a just to give you a big picture overview of how a recontribution strategy works is what it does is it effectively eliminates any death benefits tax payable uh, to any, any beneficiaries that are non-tax dependents uh, when you pass away. So to give you an example, a non-tax dependent is an adult child. Um, Whereas, you know, if you pass away, your super will go tax-free to your spouse. Your super will go tax-free to any children under 18. But there is this uh, super death benefits tax to pay if you uh, if you want your benefit to go to you know a, a child, an adult child, uh, one of your children that's over eighteen. Uh, so that that death benefits tax is fifteen percent, and then there's uh, a two percent Medicare levy to pay on top of that. Um, so is do you? Shelley, does that give you a bit of an idea? You know,
0: yeah, absolutely. And it sounds quite significant when you're talking about uh, basically 17%, which is that uh, 15% plus the 2%. So um, I see that you've got an example here on the slide for us. You want to walk us through how it would work?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's best just to walk through an example. Um, it's a little bit complex, uh, but please bear with me. And Shelley, uh, pull me up if there's anything that um, it's just way out there that that no one's going to understand. Uh, okay, but thanks, uh, yeah, and uh, disclaimer as well, it's uh, it's always best to seek uh, advice from a licensed financial advisor. Uh, so if you do want to have a general conversation about this with me, uh, more than happy to have a conversation. Uh, so you can reach us on one 623 863 or uh, go to our website, newkeeliswealth.com forward slash contact, and you can book a call with me there as well. Um, more than happy to, to talk through the intricacies of this. Um so let's let's say uh you have 30 uh 330,000 in your pension account that you're likely not going to need and it's sort of earmarked to pass on to one of your adult children. Uh so how this works is you would uh withdraw that amount 330,000 from your pension account, put it into your bank account. Uh and uh with with the funds in your pension account we're gonna assume they're all a taxable component. And so what that means is that's either an SG contribution, a salary sacrifice contribution or a personal deductible contribution. Um, so we're gonna assume that that's, uh, those, those funds we're pulling out are all of a taxable component. Uh, then what we're gonna do is we're gonna re-contribute that 330,000 into your accumulation account As an after tax contribution, so a non concessional contribution. And then that'll now be classed as a tax free component. So we've changed it from a taxable component to a tax free component. And uh, if uh, previously, if it was, if you were to pass away, and uh, uh, the money was to go to your adult child and it was a taxable component, you would have to pay that 15% plus 2% Medicare levy. Uh, So that'd be $56,000 in tax. But now that we've uh, re-contributed that as a uh, tax-free component, as a non-concessional contribution, uh, now there's no tax to pay and then no death benefits tax to pay. So uh, uh, you've effectively saved yourself 50, $56,000 in tax, uh, and uh, the beneficiary of these funds is going to be $56,000 better off. Uh, so you can, uh, you can either leave the money that you really contribute back, um, back into super in the accumulation phase, or you can move it back to the 0% um, tax environment of pension. Uh, so you've got that flexibility there. And if you do actually need the money, uh, it's still available. Uh, and you know, this, this opens... Uh, oh, one thing I forgot to mention is the 330,000 non-concessional contribution. We're taking advantage of the bring forward provisions. So uh, you can put a lump sum uh, uh, of 110,000 in each tax year. Uh, but you can do a uh, bring forward for the next two years so you can put three years three hundred and thirty thousand uh worth for an, in a lump sum contribution taking advantage of those uh other two years um so uh, yeah where i'm going with that one is let's say you're 65 you do that in that year uh utilizing the bring pro- forward provisions for you know 65 66 67 uh, then you've got the ability to do that again uh, for the next three years and then you've got the ability to do that again if, if that's uh, what you wish to do um, you know before you uh, turn 75 so when you're 74 that's the window of opportunity 65 to 74 now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, one, uh, one other thing I, I want to um, just just make clear there are a few more intricacies uh, to this strategy. You know, you have to, like, your total superannuation balance has to be less than $1.7 million. Uh, So, again, yeah, please do discuss this with your licensed financial advisor. Um, but, yeah, Shelley, does that, is that clear on uh, you know, yeah, definitely. the benefits?
0: And also really significant. I mean, it's uh, $56,000 is, uh, is is a lot of money. Um, and so it sounds to me like the, the key points that you have highlighted that sort of... Mm, Enable a person to do this, are that it's a, a non concessional contribution back into accumulation, um, and that you want to check what you have available to you in terms of bring forward, um, and uh, then a couple of other things around your balance and, and that sort of thing that you might want to check with your financial advisor or uh, accountant just to make sure that you're getting this right. But uh, as you highlight in your example, there is uh, it can certainly be worthwhile.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and you know, if your spouse does this as well, uh, the benefits can really add up, and that can mean a lot more, a lot more money to to some loved ones or whoever you, you uh, designate to be the beneficiary. And uh, you know, I think one more thing I want to add is uh, the government is making it easier to get more money into super, and I think that's uh, because you know, if more people are self-funded retirees uh then there's less dependence on on the government and the age pension uh so it's a less less of a liability for the government there um yeah but the re-contribution strategy i I think that's sort of a maybe that's an unintended consequence of uh of these new rules Uh, but but a good one interesting
0: all right well uh maybe then keep in the back of mind to take advantage of it uh, while it's still there that's right. Because yeah. we, as we know, we've got eight things this year that are that we're highlighting for changes to super. Uh, it's an ever-changing beast, despite uh, there being p- plenty of pressure on governments for it not to be. So we've still uh, got four to go. So moving on to number five, we've got the downsizer contribution. Um, so what's changed to this, Sam?
1: So uh, the the age for the eligibility has changed from uh, sixty five down to sixty. Uh, So just quickly how the home downsizer contribution works. If you've lived in your principal place of residence for longer than 10 years and you sell your property, you can contribute up to $300,000. So that's each person within a couple. So you can do a maximum of $600,000 if you're in in a couple. Uh, And you can put that into super uh above and beyond your total super balance Um, so this is this is a really a really great way for uh for people to get more money into super and uh like I've talked about uh when we did this uh we've actually done a nucleus wealth and power podcast on this uh you know it's so many people have so much of their wealth uh tied up in their home and this is a good way uh, to access some of that to, to help fund your retirement. If you sell your property, there's no uh, requirement to purchase a new property. Uh, and uh, there's a few more, few more uh, rules obviously around this. So best to talk to a licensed financial advisor again. Uh, but one, uh, one other point I wanna make is, I think this is a really good move because it aligns much better to most people's preservation age, uh, which is age 60. And uh, uh, that preservation age is when you are able to access your super, and uh, you know a lot of people uh, may be wanting to retire earlier at age sixty, and uh, uh, but you know like I mentioned before, got a lot of their their wealth tied up in their family home, uh, and this allows them maybe to release some of that equity uh, to help fund their retirement uh, and potentially retire a bit earlier. Okay.
0: Um, so actually just wanted to clarify on this one is a contribution made in accumulation phase only, or can it be made in pension, which is kind of contradictory to the question I asked earlier on, but I I wasn't sure.
1: I believe it's, uh, accumulation phase.
0: All right. So nothing to check out. Yes. Okay, so uh, from downsizer contributions to uh, something for uh, the younger generation, It'd be exciting for me, uh, I am biased. Um, <laughs> the first home super saver scheme. So, what's changing here, Sam?
1: Yeah, so from one end of the spectrum to the other, you know, the, the older retirees uh, got significant wealth accumulated in their home, trying to release that. And then, the other end of the spectrum, we're trying to help uh, first home buyers get into the market as property is expensive in Australia. Uh, so uh, at the moment, you can use uh, part of your, well, you can use pre-tax contributions into Super uh, to save for your first home. So uh, that's increasing from thirty thousand to fifty thousand. Uh, and uh, how that effectively works is instead of saving uh, with after-tax dollars um, outside of Super, you can uh, save with pre-tax dollars uh, within the Super environment and then release those funds uh, to get that first home deposit. And instead of, uh, so effectively, instead of paying tax at your marginal tax rate, you're paying tax at the super contributions tax rate, and you're getting the difference there, um, that added tax saving. Uh, So that's sort of the main benefit of that. Uh, Again, Shelley and I, we've already done a a Nucleus Wealth and Power episode on this. Uh, So please do go and have a look at that. Uh, what we try to do at Nucleus wealth is we really try to look for look for more ways to add value for our clients uh, and this this super um, super saver scheme if you're eligible it's a it's a great way to uh, to get that first uh, home deposit as well
0: thanks Sam so we'll put that episode as well as the one that you previously mentioned about downside the contributions in the show notes um, but on this one I just wanted to clarify before we moved move on that um the pre-tax contributions have to be uh, additional to your uh, SG contributions that your employer makes from you, for you, sorry. You can't take it out of those, can you?
1: Yeah, this is uh, voluntary contributions. So, uh, yeah, additional to the SG contributions. All
0: right, thanks, Sam. Okay, so uh, staying in uh, housing still, uh, the home <laughs> equity scheme. So, what what
1: changes have happened to, to this? Okay, so uh, the home equity access scheme uh, it's recently been renamed from the pension loan scheme, and what that is is it's effectively a reverse mortgage for pensioners. So, if you're receiving a part uh, a pension or a part pension, uh, it's a government scheme that allows you to access the equity in your home um, through a loan agreement a reverse mortgage effectively and uh, that can uh it's intended to help fund your retirement so to to top up any um any money that you're getting from the pension or from super you can uh, stay living in your home but access the equity in your house uh so what's changed is uh so Normally, uh, uh, you just get fortnightly payments. Um, that still stays the same, but you can actually get a lump sum payment now as well. So uh, they're they're changing, the, uh, just making it a bit more flexible and aligning it more to retirees' needs. Uh, you know, in in retirement, many uh, many unforeseen things are going to come up. You know, whether it's medical expenses, uh, home home improvements, maintenance, those types of things. Uh, So now you can actually get a lump sum uh, rather than just the the normal fortnightly payments. Uh, So a bit more flexibility there. Uh, The other thing that's really good is there's a no negative equity guarantee. Um, And what that means is the loan, the total of the loan can never exceed the market value of the property um so that's a it's a really good move because there are considerable risks with this type of uh reverse mortgage and a lot of people have gone to trouble with this in in the past uh and you know the so, value yeah sorry go go ahead Sean.
0: sorry Sam so um who who provides the loans is it the bank or the government
1: yeah, this is a government funded scheme. So yeah, okay. it's from the so government.
0: now they have something in place to make sure that uh, the, the value of the loan can't exceed the value of the house.
1: That's right, that's right. And you can uh, uh, repay that loan at any at any time, uh, but most people will repay it when they actually pass away um, okay. with the scheme. So stay in their home, you know, tap into the equity and then pay the loan off once they pass.
0: This one's really interesting to me because I know, um, you know, certainly you've all heard of people that want to downsize their houses too big, but I've heard of plenty of people that very much want to stay in their home. Um, So uh, I think that uh, this is really significant what they've done and will be uh, impactful for people here.
1: Yeah, uh, again, uh, please do go and seek uh, seek advice from a licensed financial advisor uh, because the interest rate is generally... Uh, a couple of percent higher than, uh, say, the standard uh, variable mortgage rate uh, that are available to retail clients. And uh, the interest is compounded. So, uh, okay. yeah, so there's there's some risks, risks involved as yeah, well. Right. But, so you
0: definitely want to know what you're getting yourself into. Okay. Absolutely. Like most financial products. <laughs> uh, all right. Moving on to the Commonwealth Senior Health Card. So I do believe this is actually number eight. So thanks for bearing with us. We're nearly at the end there. Sam, what's going on here?
1: Okay, so the eligibility is increasing significantly. Uh, So uh, if you uh, are ineligible for a pension because you have uh, your asset base is too high, uh, you can get what's called a Commonwealth Senior Health Card. Uh, And if you fall within uh, certain, certain caps, Uh, So uh, there's great benefits for having one of these cards. A lot of retirees um, really want to get their hands on one of these um, as any way they can. Uh, You know, you get get bulk billing for a lot of doctors, cheap prescriptions, refund on medical costs, uh, lower utility property bills, lower warden rates, uh, cheaper public transport and it's a real status symbol for for a lot of retirees. Um, So the eligibility for this is uh, increasing. So about 50,000 extra Australians will be eligible. Uh, This was an election promised by both the major parties. It's not yet legislated, uh, but will be very shortly. Uh, So yeah, you've got that table up there already, uh, Shelley. I'll just explain how it works. Uh, So there's no asset test, but there's a deemed income test. Um, So what deeming is, is it's a pre-prescribed rate of return for your investments. Uh, So you can see there for a single person, the first 56,400 in assets that you have is deemed to earn 0.25% income uh, per annum. So even if you get a higher return than that, Um, it's still going to be deemed at that amount. And then anything over that amount is deemed to earn 2.25% per annum. Uh, And you can see for a couple, uh, first 93,600.25% and then anything over at 2.25%. So currently what that means is you can earn, you can have 2.3 million in assets as a single person outside of the family home. Uh, But this includes uh, your house contents, includes your cars uh, and all investment uh, assets and financial assets, but excluding the family home. So if you had 2.3 million uh, uh, excluding the family home and it's deemed to earn 57,761, if you have under that amount, you can get the Commonwealth uh, Seniors Card. Uh, for a couple, it's already pretty generous, $4 million outside the family home um, with the deemed income and $92,000 there. Uh, so these, these rates are going up. So uh, for a single, it's going up to $4 million, and for a couple, it's going up to uh, $6.5 million. So if you have under, under those amounts, you're going to be eligible for this, uh, for this health card, which is yeah, good news for a lot of people.
0: I have to say, looking at this slide, I'm I'm silently laughing over here because uh, they make it look like it's an income test. But when you cut through, we go through the example, you realize you get there by doing an asset test. It's a a backwards way of doing an assets test. So I guess to simplify it all, you could just look at the new uh, effective caps from July 1, 2022, couldn't you, Sam?
1: Yeah, yeah, essentially. Um, so if you had six million, six and a half million as a couple, uh, it's deemed to earn ninety two thousand four hundred and sixteen. Uh so yeah, a little little bit different to some of the other uh tests within within um, you know, pension to get the pension.
0: That's it. I think you've done a very good job explaining it. Thank you, Sam.
1: Ah, that's that's good and uh yeah i mean uh, you know arguably uh, these are the people that need these uh these concessions at the least uh but yeah i'll, I'll leave I'll leave that up to you to decide you know what you think of uh these these changes that have been made
0: a very diplomatic end to the show sir. thank
1: you
0: <laughs> not quite so diplomatic as your article
1: we'll yeah, yeah.
0: also put in the show notes
1: yeah you feel free to have a read
0: Uh, Okay, so thanks again for your time. Uh, You bring so much value to our listeners, so I really appreciate that. Can you let them know where they can uh, hear more from you or read more from you or get in touch with you? So at this part of the show, Sam told us all about where we can actually get in touch with him. But unfortunately we had a technical difficulty and the audio stopped recording. I apologize for that. And we will endeavor to better in the future. Um, So I've had to go back and record it. But basically, if you would like to get in touch with Sam, there's a number of ways you can do that. in touch with him or either follow him and uh, the articles and um, podcasts that he produces. So all of the ways are through nucleuswealth.com. So you can go to forward slash contact if you'd like to have a meeting with him to discuss um, the investment advice you're getting from the Nucleus Wealth Portal. Uh, Alternatively, if you would like to subscribe to the Nucas Wells alerts and the the weekly emails, then you can find out there any articles he's produced, uh, as well as any of our investment team uh, and, of course, the weekly podcast that he produces with Damien Classen, 12.30 Australian Eastern Standard Time every Thursday. Right, so to wrap up the rest of the show, um, I'd just like to say that if you have any feedback for me about this episode or any ideas for future podcast topics, please get in touch with me either in the YouTube comment section um, or you can send me an email at contact at nucleuswealth.com. And uh, if you know anyone you think would get something out of this episode, please share it with them, maybe a friend, a family member or a colleague, um, and help our show grow so we can keep producing more great content for you. Lastly, thanks again for tuning in for myself and the team. And we look forward to catching you again at the next one.